Hello and welcome. You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch movement. They want to see Matthew 24, 14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul. Welcome to Resiliency, listeners. We are so happy and blessed to have our friend Martha with us today. Martha served uh, for 18 years on the field in a nation that we'll affectionately refer to as the Big Chicken today. Martha, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, we want you to introduce yourself and let our listeners know a little bit about who you are. Yeah, well, I'm really glad to be here today. My name is Martha, and I've been with Antioch since uh, since the beginning of the church. I have four sons, four adult sons. So my husband, uh, when I met my husband, he was headed to the mission field, and so he, I thought he was a good guy to marry, so I could finally get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, uh, um, and then he died in a car accident, so uh, a long, long time ago. And so uh, all of my adventures have been uh, in getting to the field, and then. Um, see what, what God would do. I felt a, a definite call to the mission field when I was nine years old. I was at a Baptist girls camp and um, I remember going to the front and signing the little card that said I would be a medical missionary. So in my career, uh, I'm a nurse. I have been a nurse. I have a master's in nursing and um, and worked locally here for a long time until uh, after we till I moved overseas. So let's see. I think I was, I'm a Baylor grad, and um, I was in the the last D school before Highland multiplied out into Antioch, mm-hmm. so it's been a long time yeah. <laughs> since I was in the D school. Yeah. Well, you've got a ton of history uh, with our particular org. A lot of people other than from our org listen mm-hmm. to resiliency from what we can tell by numbers that we get from the app. So, you know, I was... Uh, Blessed to come into the Antioch family in 2008 at a the international conference that we had for our org, and I still remember. I, I honestly don't remember what you taught on as far as stories and 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 texts and all that. But I remember you speaking about spiritual warfare to our big gathered international family, and um, and I know that one of your areas with a lot of knowledge and experience is spiritual warfare, Martha. So we wanted you to come on to Resiliency today and just tell us a bit about your personal journey into this realm of, you know, our Christian life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the first thing about spiritual warfare is just the fact that it's real. <laughs> and it's really important to to know that, that it's an expectation. It's just uh, real because um, the enemy is defeated, but he's not destroyed. And so mm-hmm. it, there's always going to be some pushback. I think when I first came into knowledge of the Holy Spirit and, and, and really a better understanding of uh, how the enemy works was when I was in college. So when I came to Baylor, I got filled with the Holy Spirit while I was here. And at that time, um, it was a long time ago. So uh, at that time, Derek Prince 
was here in country. And it was in his deliverance phase where he was going through <laughs> a lot of teaching about deliverance. So I was in a number of Derek Prince meetings and I began to see and learn about um, the enemy in a different way than I knew him as Baptist. We always believed Satan was real, but never anything about um, confronting him with manifestation, just about being good and living the right life, you know, mm -hmm. resisting sin. Mm -hmm. So at that time, there was also Kenneth Hagin. So all these guys are dead and gone now, but Kenneth Hagin was a healer. But I remember being in his meetings, and he would talk about the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I remember getting an understanding of, at least some understanding of the power of the blood of Jesus. And um, the other thing that happened, as I say, this was so long ago, Christ for the Nations was new, and I would go there with friends and Gordon Lindsay was alive. He was the founder of, of Christ for the Nations, and he had a booklet that he put out. And I remember this specifically. This booklet was about uh, seances and fortune-telling and evil spirits. And so my introduction, really, to spiritual warfare, my foundation for it, I think, came from those early days. Um, but those were sort of event-oriented. You confront the, the devil on, in an event. Mm -hmm. And then um, before I left to go overseas... We, uh, as a church, were, were really into the exchanged life, so I learned ab about that. Um, these are many, many years apart, the exchanged life. And then at that time, we were doing Neil Anderson's Step to Freedom, and I found a lot of freedom through that. Mm -hmm. um, and so those were a much gentler approach to spiritual warfare, but uh, they were still sort of event-oriented. When I got overseas things kind of changed because the area that I lived was not an area where the enemy was just an event. Uh, it's like people there believed in him and worshipped him, <laughs> and he was involved in their life. And so spiritual warfare looked entirely different. I remember one of the very first people that came to know Jesus, my teammate, led her to the Lord. And so when she went to talk to her family about what had happened to her, her mother said... <clears throat> You know, this Jesus, I don't know why I should believe in your Jesus, because I can't see him and I can't touch him. But the spirits, I see them all the time, and they and they tell me stuff. I can talk to them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so my perception of spiritual warfare <laughs> changed from event-focused to, um, to daily life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I got introduced into spiritual warfare. It's like not by choice or pursuit. It's just by, like... Life happens here in a different way. And kind of necessity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, in that area of, of spiritual warfare, um, what are some of the ways that you've seen people specifically come under attack, both field workers as well as, like you just kind of described a really great story about how it mm -hmm. affects people in, the, in, the, in their individual lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can only uh, really... I can give you some examples from my own life, but I think some of these things are true. Uh, the way, a lot of times there's just a heaviness, and when I'm in different places, I feel it in different ways. So um, there's just a heaviness that will come. Um, even within my country, when I would go to different provinces, they're different, it feels different, it acts different in different places. Mm -hmm. So, but one thing that I have seen um, that's happened in my life, and I see it in many people's lives, I think spiritual warfare comes uh, for people on the field through uh, these little things. It's like harassing spirits. <laughs> it's not like the big geographic or principalities and powers, although th there's there can be an element of that. But I think the thing that w has the most effect on us is 
these little harassing spirits. And these are not necessarily in the order of demons. I don't think they're even big things. They, but they are spiritual. Um, and for an example for that is um, in my own life over the years, as I was in the Big Chicken, I had lots of uh, episodes when I fell down. <laughs> so this is just a little thing. But I fell like I have fallen in holes. I have fallen off the curb. I've fallen downstairs. I've fallen upstairs. Mm -hmm. One time I decided to count it up, and over a period of a couple of years, I could count 30 times when I had fallen like flat yeah. down. Not, this is not trip. This is fall down. Um, toward the end of this time, I, um, I fell and I broke my wrist one time. And then a couple of years later, I fell. I was just in a shop. I went around a corner at the shop, I didn't stumble or anything. I was suddenly in the floor, and I had cracked a piece of my shoulder. And um, and that day, I couldn't get a taxi. I lived up on a hill in a Tibetan area, and I had to climb up the hill with my little cracked shoulder. And uh, all the hospitals were closed by that time of night. So I sent off an email to the IFO and said, I fell, and I hurt something bad. Uh, but I'm going to bed now, and I'll let you know in the morning. <laughs> so I sent out some prayer requests about this fall. Um, so I have a personal prayer shield, which I highly recommend. But I sent it out, uh, these prayer requests, like, I have fallen and broken this shoulder, and I do not know what's going on. Mm. It was quite upsetting. you know. And so um, at that time, my nephew wrote back to me, and he said, Aunt Martha, his email said, Dear Aunt Martha, in praying about this, I feel like the Lord is showing me that there's an imp, a little imp. So it's, I mean, my nat mind, an imp is like a little, you know, it's like Harry Potter. It's like a little, uh, a little thing. And it's an imp that's following you around and tripping you. And I thought about that. And I thought, okay, it's a harassment. It's a harassing thing. A little bitty harassing spirit. And I got to thinking the first time that I fell had been, this is about eight years into it, I guess. The first time that I fell was about the during the first month I had been there. And I had fallen flat uh, on a brick sidewalk. And I had busted my nose and gone home on the bus with bloody nose. And I had two black eyes forever. Uh, they're just consistent harassments when I began to see it. It really made me mad, and I was beginning to say, you harassing spirit, I, I'm not going to have this anymore. I forbid you to bother me anymore. And um, as I began to do that uh, and become aware, and other people prayed with me about it, I can honestly say to this day, and it's been years now, I have never fallen down again. Mm -hmm. I have not fallen down again. I've tripped, but I've never gone flat. And in talking with other people in our city that have been there a long time, many times there's been one little thing that comes up again and again and again. Wow. And I think that that is an element of spiritual warfare. Uh, one family in our city, um, they said that when they got thinking about this, they said, oh, everywhere they had lived in different houses over the years, every time a water pipe had bursted and it had flooded, flooded their whole house mm. over and over again over the years. So I think um, these harassments, little things that are, they're, they're very common to people that are overseas and um, and they are intended to suck all of our joy yeah. and our energy and our time and our finances and to bring discouragement. So there are many things, but I think that that is one that we could be really aware of it's not always the big things, you know, but it, there are many, many little um, yeah. little things that just, they and they are harassing spirits. 
and sometimes just the flesh. That's a different thing. But but they are harassing spirits, it's not sent to kill us, but just to make life hard. Yeah. And um, and that's one aspect of spiritual warfare, I think. Being it aware is. of it and saying, oh no, not having that anymore. Yeah, such a good word. And you, I mean, obviously putting right in the middle of it that scriptural, you know, the scriptural truth of obviously we know the incident of Jesus with Peter saying, Lord, not, you know, that's not going to happen. And it's like, uh-huh. get behind me, Satan, knowing that, you know, that Peter was voicing uh, that counter, that opposition from Satan on, on what Jesus's mission was. And just that whole thing of resist the devil yeah. and he will flee from you, you know? So yeah. And the, and the little, the little niggling things that when they add up can literally drive people you know, off the field or drive people, whatever, really? even they don't have to be overseas in missions. That's powerful. Yeah. 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 I think other things that just hit everybody have to do with accusation, uh, the temptation to uh, move from loneliness into depression. You know, mm. we can keep our eyes on the call. And the thing is, if we can see that it is an enemy's tactic, then we, we can be free. Right. If we can right. call it what it is, then we can take care of it. Yeah. You know. So in addition to what you just pointed out, and you mentioned one of your own personal sort of go-to means of addressing an attack, um, are there any other ways you know, that you have uh, re- resisted the enemy's attacks, you know, uh, done spiritual warfare through the years that you'd want to share? Yeah, I I have a whole routine that I mm-hmm. that I use because at times for me um, spiritual warfare has been intense. It comes in different seasons and also depends on what God is uh, maybe wanting to expose in my own heart or work on for me. Um, but uh, there was a period of time where just a lot of. Uh, uh, I don't know how to say, but a lot of demonic manifestations. And so what I, and I have talked with people that work in Muslim, uh, Muslim uh, situations who have said, I go to the market or I go to my friend's house and when I come back, then I feel so depressed or I have trouble with my husband or whatever. So the influences that are out there, no matter what sort of religious system that you're working in, those influences, if we can be aware of them, then we can take care of them. So one of the things that I do, and this is a a habit, um, and I've done this for a long time, but what I do is, you know, you you can think of the promises and you can say them, but it's a difference between knowing them and experiencing them. And so one of the things that I do is I purposely use my imagination. I say... If this is true, and it and it is, if God's word, if it's true, then it's real. And if it's real, then it looks like something. What does it look like? And I use my imagination to imagine if this truth is real, what is it going to look like for me? So um, during this one time when I was going through so much fear, um, I began to uh, really take hold of the fact of the angels being around me or the Lord um, guarding me. Um, being on my right hand and on my left. And so this is just an example of how I did it. Um, But I began to imagine, anytime I would leave my house, I would imagine an angel being right beside me as I walked out the door. And at this time, I lived on the sixth floor. There were no elevators, so we went down the sixth floor steps. And it'd be almost like in my mind, I don't mean to make light of it, but it'd almost be like, okay, guys, here we go. You know, it's like I would imagine them being real with me. And then I had to cross a courtyard to get to the front gate. And as I would go across the courtyard 
and I was so desperate for God's uh, help and protection during this season, I would imagine um, sets of angels uh, out to each side on my right and on my left, not one, but like a whole host, like a whole line of, and, and we would walk together across the courtyard in my mind because God says that, you know, it's like Elijah, open my eyes and see the warriors that are around you, you know? Yeah. And so um, sometimes when I think about God's uh, presence, when he says, I will never leave you or forsake you, uh, sometimes I just, I take that verse and I say, if he's here with me, Jesus, if you are here with me, what does that look like from your perspective? And so that I imagine him sitting on the couch beside me, or I imagine uh, like before I go out to pray in an area or something, I'll imagine the presence of the Lord because he lives within me and his presence is all around me. I imagine the cloud of his presence and I'm walking in the middle of the cloud wherever I go. He's all the cloud. And so uh, you can do this with any kind of scriptures, but I just, that's one thing I do. I purposely have tried to say, this is true, but I don't want to recite it. I want to think, what does it look like for me today? You know, and and that's it's all a faith venture, you know. But that's one thing I do. Another thing that I do, um, and I did this almost, I did it for years. Uh, um, I did it like a mantra, and it is concerning the blood of Jesus. So I, in my mind, now I know that Jesus' blood is on the cross, and it went into the earth, and He's taking it into the holy of holies in heaven, you know. And I know that Jesus' blood isn't on in my hand, but. What I do is I imagine Jesus' blood over my door um, when I would go in and go out. And I would say these same words. I did this for years. Every time I went out and every time I went in, because it had been so scary, mm -hmm. I would say, I put the blood of Jesus over this door, over, and it'll come on, uh, and over everyone who goes in and everyone who goes out of my door. And then I would imagine the blood of Jesus over my door, and I would imagine it dripping down if people came in like workers or whoever that carried things with them that came in like I mean I mean like plumbers and stuff people that had to do work if there were things attached to them I would imagine the blood of Jesus dripping on them and those spirits going ah and running away or I would imagine people that were coming in because they were hungry the spirit the blood of Jesus coming upon them and making them whole as they came in my door mm. or I would imagine it on me as I went out as my protection. So um, you can think what you want about that. This works for me. Yeah. I'm just saying, uh, because really, uh, um, uh, and I did talk with, uh, I've talked with other people before about this too. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Is this superstition? Is this, is this okay? Or I mean, I'm going to keep things on the table. So um, is this superstition? And, and the lady that I talked with, um, well known in our assembly, well respected and, been around for years and I'm like this, this is what I'm doing this is this superstition and she's like Martha I do that too mm -hmm. I'm like really so well we overcome by the blood of the lamb overcome and you're doing application I mean the the great yeah. one of the great teaching points here is that it's not as you said earlier it's not just words that were on a page in my bible I'm, I'm applying right. those things I'm appropriating right the truth of Scripture appropriating the blood of Jesus in this circumstance. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. We have to live these things. We can't just know these things. Mm -hmm. It's like the difference between knowing about God and talking with God. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a relationship thing, and, it, and it's almost a relationship with the Word thing. It, it, it's real. It's not just magic that we say at the right times. It's, right. And I know that everybody knows that. But for me, I did, I did those things, mm -hmm. and I, I still do them. Um, 
uh, anyway, uh, another thing that I do when when uh, when I I'm aware of something that's coming up or something that's making me try to feel afraid or discouragement or anything that appears to be spiritual spiritual in its nature is to stay transparent. So I I stay transparent. I mean, call your PO and talk to them if you're in Antioch, your pastoral pastoral person. oversight. Yeah, yeah. if you or 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 tell the trusted person in your team. I mean, I don't know. Uh, call the IFO or text them and say help. <laughs> I don't know what all is set up. We have now, you know, we have now we have regional teams. Get in touch yeah. with that prayer person. Stay transparent. There is nothing to prove, and this is a huge thing. In spiritual warfare, there is nothing to prove. It is just stupid to say, um, oh no, I don't want anybody to think I'm that weak, mm-hmm. or to say, I can overcome this. It's pride and fear. Mm-hmm. Those are tactics of the enemy. Put it on the table. Let people pray into it with you. Let people cover you. Um, The Lord himself covers us. And if there's no one, he will cover us. I mean, he's the Savior. Mm -hmm. He saves us. (laughs) Not only from sin, but he saves our life every day. Mm -hmm. And he saves us in spiritual warfare. The enemy will not cut off our head. But, I mean, I have a saying, I have lots of sayings that I say to myself, and this is one of them. Never go down alone. And I don't mean by going down, taking other people with you, but I mean never go under without having done everything that you can, you know. So um, there's nothing to hide and there's nothing to prove. Be transparent and get some help. So those are some really great tools that you've given us, but I I also know that in your your time in the Big Chicken, you uh-huh. you did some some teaching in the some of the underground gatherings that were there uh-huh. on spiritual warfare. Are there any other things that you um, that you provided as as t- tools and, and resources for some of those local churches? Um, well, this is just one thing that I do, uh, and I think it's important. So there's a little saying that I have a declaration that we make. And um, I ask everybody to make it. And we make it at the beginning of every single session. This first, it's two parts. The first is, at the cross, Jesus defeated Satan and all his dark forces completely and forever. Mm-hmm. Pretty mm-hmm. easy, huh? Mm-hmm. You think y'all could say that with me? Can you yeah, remember sure. it? <laughs> okay. Yep. At the cross, Jesus defeated Satan and all his dark forces completely and forever. Think how freeing that is. Yeah. That's huge. And that's just Bible. That's yeah. just Bible. You know, he's made a show of them openly. Yeah. They're not Washington. dead, but they are defeated. Mm-hmm. He defeated them completely, and he lives in us. You know, And then the second part of this uh, declaration is, Jesus has given his authority to his disciples. This means me. Mm-hmm. So authority is the right to use power. And it's that Luke... It's what Jesus said in Luke 10. He said to the 72 when they're returning. He said, you know, I have given you authority, you know, Mm -hmm. to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I think sometimes in our life, we know it in our head, but in our life, we don't always believe it because of the pushback that we feel. I mean, it's hard to experience it. So if we declare it. Jesus has given his authority to his disciples. This means me. It's just Bible. 
So let me say those two things together. At the cross, Jesus defeated Satan and all his dark forces completely and forever. Jesus has given his authority to his disciples. This means me. Jesus, Jesus has, given has given his authority, authority to, to his, all, his disciples. disciples. This means, means me. me. I mean, this means me. Yes. Um, and the thing is, if we forget how to do it, or we forget to say it, or any of those things, the scripture says, and this is, I think, one of my favorite scriptures that says, when we are faithless, he remains faithful. He's still <laughs> the Savior. Yes. He's the dread champion, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't depend if we did it all right, if we remembered. It depends on if we call him, he's going to show up, yeah. and he is. And that's that's the key, yeah. you know, I think. Well, Martha, I watched you overcome... For years and years and years, and I want to just commend you for your humility and your vulnerability, what you called transparency a little while ago, because, yeah, just so many times through the years, uh, I remember you uh, calling out to us, to, to your family, to your spiritual family, and saying, I need help, and I just commend you. You know, to say, does that show weakness in Martha? I would say, yeah, the kind of weakness that we all need to know that we have, which is we need each other. Yeah. We need uh, to, to, you know, to wave the flag and say, hey, get my back right now. You know, yeah. I'm under attack and, I, and I'm hurting and I need help. And, and then I, this is reminding me of when I have heard you, you know, speak and teach on spiritual warfare before. There's such a mighty warrior within you because you're so full of the word and the spirit. And uh, you're able to wield these weapons of warfare so readily because you filled your mind with truth. So I just bless you mm-hmm. for being so uh, so faithful to Jesus, to your commander in chief, and to doing what he said. You know, you're just yeah. basically talking about following the marching orders of your commander in chief today, and that's why it's powerful. As we kind of wrap things up, um, in in what ways do you think, Martha, these uh, tools of spiritual warfare that you've shared about today made you have made you more resilient? Oh my goodness, they have <laughs> saved my life. I mean, literally, they have saved my life. Um, there was one time uh, when things were so difficult, and I I really thought I was losing my mind. I really did, but I kept this um, before you know my pastoral covering and um, and. Uh, and they asked me to come home and to get some help. And I did that. Uh, but I felt the Lord speak to me before I left to get on that plane. Uh, I felt the Lord speak to me and said, Martha, do everything that they tell you to do. And if you don't, you might die. Mm-hmm. I really, now, I, maybe that wasn't all the Lord, but it has stood me in good stead. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, I trust my leaders because they have stood with me and believed for more than what I could see. And so... Um, I mean, I could be in a ditch with a broken hip because I fell one more time, you know, or I could be just uh, traumatized because of all the stuff that whatever happened that I might or could have happened that I've seen happen. But instead, God has showed up. And if we if we recognize the battle, if we see it for what it is, I, I love to say, if I can see, I can be free. You know, mm-hmm. if I can see it and call it what it is, then I know that there's power over that. You yeah. know, and so um, uh, it has it has kept me beyond what I could have imagined. I didn't know I would need this much mercy, but I'm thankful, thankful that it's been there. It's awesome. Is there 
uh, one thing, if, if people forget everything that they've listened to right now, is there one thing that you would say, please don't forget this? Yeah. Don't forget that, that Jesus is the dread champion in our daily life, and he is going to show up. <laughs> he is going to show up. It's that confidence that he has given you, he has authority, in, and he's given it to you. You don't have to wait until Jesus gets ready to do something. He's in you, and he's always ready to save and to deliver. That's who he is. Hmm. So it's a confidence that rests not in my knowing how, but in the fact that he's going to show up. He's always going to show up. Amen. Yeah. Well, you obviously have already done this in so many ways, uh, just imparted from your own life um, that that anointing of faith in the Word of God and confidence in Jesus and His work on the cross and His resurrection over uh, death from death and over the devil and, uh, and His schemes. So why don't you just close us out here by praying and impartation and blessing over our audience yeah. today. Okay. So, Father, thank you so much that you love us so much. Thank you that you are so big. You cover everything. You're bigger than we could imagine. You are stronger than we can imagine. You're better than we can imagine. You are more faithful than we can imagine. And everything you've said is true. Thank you that the enemy is defeated completely, Satan and all his dark forces, from the little imps up to the Mm -hmm. biggest things that he has in his kingdom. They've all been defeated and bowed to you. And it's not just because we said the right things or Mm -hmm. did the right things. It's because of who you are. So I pray today, Father, give us eyes to see what the enemy is trying to do, and a heart to believe that you have given us the tools to just smash it. We don't Mm -hmm. have to try and try to overcome in our own strength, but we can live in the reality of your victory. Father, you've said for us to ask, let your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth. So manifest that today, God, in all our lives, whether we're struggling with just Um, emotions, whether we're struggling with um, physical illness, whether we're struggling economically, whatever, whether we're struggling with the pipes that burst in our house today, Mm -hmm. with team troubles, with whatever it is, every little thing that the enemy would try to use Mm -hmm. to get our eyes off of you. We just say no in Jesus' name. We will not have bad dreams. We will not have discouragement. We will not be defeated. The kingdom of God will advance and all of the callings that you've put in all of our lives will be fulfilled because you are good and faithful i just um i just impart to us all once again uh an increased ability to see you as you really are and to believe for everything you've promised um thank you lord in Mm. jesus name Yes. Amen. Thank you, Martha. Yeah, my privilege. Well, listeners, thanks again for tuning in. That does it for this episode of Resiliency. You can follow us on Instagram at Resiliency Podcast. And so for now, I'm Silas West, and thank you for listening to Resiliency. Resiliency.